All right, let's pray together. Father, uh, thank you for this time to be together uh, this morning, and thank you for um, just the reality and the hope that we can be a justified people, and that can be who we are, that we don't have to wonder or worry if we are um, made right with you, but we can have the clarity and the assurance because of Christ on the cross and his work on our behalf and his uh, His right-standedness that's given to us by faith, that we can be okay, and that we can be made right, and that we can be made new. Um, pray that you would help us to understand this and apply it uh, to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so like I said, we're doing a series on um, basically this, this concept of identity, which is like... Um, Basically, how does the Bible answer the question, who am I, right? And we've, we've uh, been looking at this. This is now our fourth week, and um, uh, we're going to look at the concept of what does it mean that I am justified. Uh, it's one of the I am statements um, So, uh, from, our, from, our, from the chapter that I'm reading. But anyway, from the book that I'm reading. But So what is identity? An identity is who somebody is. This is kind of like my definition that I'm going to keep kind of trickling before you. An identity is who somebody is. It is the answer to the question, who am I? It is the core of who somebody believes they are that defines for them what it is they believe it means to be truly human. Everybody embodies a core identity that governs all they do, how they navigate life, and the roles that they embody, other lesser identities, and how they relate to others. We all have an I am, right? We all have a, a central identity that, that, that really does influence how we process the world that we live in and how we find our sense of belonging in this life. And uh, like I said, what it means that we, what we think is true, true human flourishing, right? So we're going to look at what does uh, it mean that our core identity is to be a Christian. And, and, and what does that look like? And not only that, uh, but what, is it, what are the benefits of that? And, and, and how does this play out in my day-to-day life? Um, yeah, so uh, we all embody different roles. Uh, we all embody different roles as students, as athletes, as, you know, some of you said gamers, right? We have hobbies. Uh, we're pianists. We're guitar players, right? And, and, and whether we're aware of it or not, there are just particular, uh, um, there is a core identity, like I said, that, that, that we take with us that informs how we think about and how we relate in all those, all those areas, um, and like I said, today, we've lo- or in, in weeks past, we've looked at the I am a creature. So what does it mean that we are a creature created by God, that we are created for a purpose, and we're held morally accountable to that purpose? All peoples, whether they would identify as a Christian or not, are created in God's image, uh, whether they, like I said, are aware of it or not. So there are certain things that are true about all peoples at all times and all places because of this shared experience and this shared reality, this shared identity that they are a creature created by God. But for everybody else, um, there's this, this other identity that's true of us if we have faith in Christ, um, and it's called, we are called Christians. Uh, we are the in Christ ones, and that is uh, not true for all people, but it is true for those who would call themselves Christians. And because of that, that is a core identity. That's a statement that governs all things, right? So we're looking at now this, what does it mean that because if we are in Christ, that that is our core identity, what is the, this idea that we are justified? Um, and how does that, that, that name, the justified one, influence how we think about our relationship to God, our relationship to ourselves, and our relationship to others? 
Um, so today, uh, we're going to look at, I like that. Do you guys like this, this new way of, of doing the seed, the soil, uh, the seed, the flower? If you haven't been with us, right, that's kind of like the, the outline for this series, uh, that there is a soil that exists uh, in the world that you live in. Uh, just like if I take a, a seed and plant it in a soil that has high acidity or a soil that has low acidity, it, it's going to affect the plant and its health. In the same way, you're a part, you're growing uh, in, a, in a culture, in a society, a soil, and I am giving you seeds, statements of truth from God's word that are taking root in your heart, in, in the soil of your heart, in the soil of the world that you find yourselves in. And uh, from that, it will, it will bloom and to a flower. So it's saying, what does this seed look like on display? Um, so, so we'll keep that going this year, or this, this talk. And the soil this, this, this morning is, we're going to talk about the connection between the question of who am I and the question of what does it mean to be made right or how am I fixed? Right? Justification, to be justified in identity. We're going to look at that. How, how do, culturally do we think about that? And then we'll look at three important questions from Galatians 2. That's the seed and the flowers. Two motivations uh, for just justified living. So um, we're going to watch a quick video. And, and um, I want you guys to pay attention. Uh, this is, you'll, you'll see very quickly that I, I, hope, I hope that uh, you don't see that I agree with this video. This is like... I have a point that I'm trying to make, and this is the anti-point, right? The opposite of what I'm trying to say. But, but I want you guys to pay attention to something. Uh, what does this video communicate to you about what is wrong with the world, right? Uh, pay attention. What, what does it say? And then also, uh, what does this video communicate uh, to you about how things are made right? So what, what does this tell you is wrong with the world that you live in, and what is the solution for that? So let's, let's watch this. It's about three minutes long, so. It is a bit strange. Thank you. 
ride the wind in the wings. Past deserts, our ancestors were desperate to save. Thousands of years, so many paths that were paved. We learned from each other, this is still the same. Now we used to have a charm, but the black is a dust. Our fish die in the rivers, polluted by rust. Our children taught from our pride and our lust. Can we not see that change is a must? Peace is the dream, development is the key. Our own countries have got to believe. Don't try, we're set as a death. We must work together with everything. 绿色发展，绿水青山就是金山银山。So before I, I get into my interpretations, what did you see? Uh, what, what were my questions? Uh, what does this video communicate to me about what's wrong with the world? Right? What did, what did you guys see? What is this telling you about what's wrong? Yeah. Yeah, so there was a big emphasis on climate. Yeah. That pollution, yeah, so the big problem is pollution, it's, um, which that is a problem, right? Nobody wants to swim in, in, in poopy waters, nobody wants, everybody wants clean air, I mean, that's not a bad, that's not a bad thing, right? So, that's a good thing, clean, cleanliness. What else did you guys see? What's wrong with the world? <laughs> yeah, there's peace, there's, con- there's not peace, the absence of peace is, there's conflict, there's war. People can't get along, which, who wants to live in a world where there's, people can't get along and there's, there's conflict and war and you live in the insecurity of, as a young person, that you might have to go and, and die in war one day, right? That was, that was true for, for some of your ancestors, maybe your grandparents, great-grandparents. What else did you guys see about what it communicates about what's wrong with the world? I think we might agree with a lot of the things that they say is wrong, right? Uh, would you say that that war is is bad and uh, that peace is better? Would you say that um, to live in a world of with no pollution is a good thing? Yeah, Josh. I think most of us can agree on the problems. But I think it's like the solution. Ah, that's right. So let's transition to the solution. What what are some solu- what's the solution to the to the problem? <laughs> yeah. I mean I'm not trying to I'm not trying to, you know, poke fun. I just found this. It's a Chinese propaganda video. I I I I don't I, I didn't, you know. I've been to China. It's a lovely place. There's great people. Um, you know, um, there is there is political oppression. Uh, so um, there is that, uh, but the people are wonderful. And, um, but, but, so the, I'm not trying to like poke fun or, but I, but I, I wanted to show this video as an illustration, um, is that, um, yeah, uh, to show you that, um, that many of us, no matter what, um, religious system you're a part of or political system that you're a part of may see many shared problems with the world that you live in. But you may have different solutions to that problem. 
in the Christian solution to the problems of evil, pollution, uh, is not a question of, or the solution is not sharing resources or to live in a place where there's higher accountability and higher structures. It's actually to be reconciled to God, that it's a sin problem. And in order for things to get better, you, you can't just try harder or do more or share. It's actually to, to come to Jesus uh, that then informs every area of your life. So uh, anybody have any other thoughts, questions about this? Um, I say this uh, in my reflection on this video. Oftentimes, people will find their identity and how they believe things are fixed and made right. For example, to be a communist means that someone not only identifies with a particular system of government, but also that they believe that this particular system of government is the solution to the problems in the world. Can you guys see that? Right? That, that how we believe things are fixed is also a statement of identity, isn't it? Um, and this is what I say. There is a unique relationship between how we answer the question, who am I, and the question, how am I made right? Or how are things made right? And as Christians, our identity in Christ not only communicates an answer to who we are, but also how we believe things are fixed. Because Christ isn't just who we identify with, but also who we come trusting to, that He, in the end, will make all things right and all things new. Right? Do you guys see that? That There is a unique identity and partnership between identity and justification, how we believe we are made right, and how things are made right. So that's kind of the world that you live in. There, there is a concept, there is a reality that, that people don't go through life thinking that everything's okay. If they do, they may have some kind of personality disorder or something like that. Uh, it doesn't, if you're at all in tune with the world that you live in, uh, you will know that things are not as they should be, which will lead you to the question and answer, how do we fix this stuff? Um, so, um, so there are messages and there are things being told to you. It may not be a Chinese propaganda video, but it may be um, the video game that you play or the advertisement that you, that, you are, that you see or the book that you read. There are messages that are coming at you all day, every day that, that are telling you these are the problems and these are how these problems are fixed, but they're also communicating to you um, a central identity that they're trying to persuade you on. So Christianity is no different. I'm trying to persuade you of a central identity that governs all things. And, um, and uh, so in light of that, let's look at So if that's the world that you live in, it's kind of a pluralistic idea of how things are fixed. What does it mean that we come in as Christians and say, no, that there is actually one way that the world is fixed, and, and, and how, does that, how does that seed, so to speak, uh, teach us about, about um, identity? So can somebody read from Galatians 2? Uh, 15 through 16. We are so Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we have also we so we also have believed in Christ Jesus. In order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works in law, because of works of the law, no one will be justified. Thank you. Way to go, Wyatt. Yeah, hand of applause for Wyatt. Way to go, buddy. So, uh, there's a word that comes up here three times in my counting. But again, I can't account very well because I, I, I had to drop out of accounting 
That was my major ones. <coughs> but I see the word justified three times, right? So, so this concept as justified in the identity of being a justified person is really, really important to God and really, really important uh, to our walks with Him. And to be justified in its simplest form is to be made right. It's to be declared right before God, which then informs how we live out and how we um, carry out um, and walk with Him and, and interact with others in our life. So, so there's three questions that I think that this text invites us to answer. The first is, what does it mean to be justified or made right? How does one become justified or made right? And how does one know if they are justified or made right? So we're looking at, just like you know, the Chinese propaganda video, uh, Galatians 2 is a Christian uh, answer to the solution or the problem to why are things wrong. Uh, and it's that we are um, not right. That, that we... Um, are not right, and that God has gone through um, extraordinary lengths to make us humanity right with Him. So, so what does it mean to be justified or made right? I, I say this: to be justified or right standing before God means that we are declared righteous, right, right standing um, uh, by God with respects to His law and treated as such. Uh, these terms are summed up in the great commandment that says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, you sh- and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Right? So, so to be justified, there is a way that you can become justified. And it's to live and work out God's law perfectly. It's to be a perfect citizen in the kingdom of God. And it's not just to get good grades in the kingdom of God, but it's to work it out perfect. And that is what it means to be made right before God. And if we try our hardest to live out God's law, what do you think we're going to find out? Very quickly. What do you think? Yeah. That we're not perfect, right? Uh, That we're not perfect. And it's this illustration of good grades versus a perfect score. When God created man, as as Kyle shared a few weeks back, we are held morally accountable to God because we are created for God's purpose. And what we find out is that although... Um, there are echoes of Eden in every person. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. That we all fail to get a perfect score. So one of the favorite things I would ask um, people when I was in college ministry is on a scale from 0 to 10, how, how sure would you be of that you were going to heaven? And everybody would say a, a 6 or a 7. I'm not as bad as most people, but I'm not as good as everybody else. Or I'm, I'm, I'm not as bad as most people, but I'm not as good as some people. Right? So they had a very moralistic view of what faith was. Uh, they had this understanding that um, if I just got like a passing grade, then God would let me into heaven. But in the, in the kingdom of God and what God demands and requires of us, that's not how he operates. It's if we have any blemish, we are therefore what? Blemished, right? Um, and uh, we are not worthy of his, to be in his presence. And one common thing for all peoples in all times and all places isn't just that we were created in God's image and that we bear echoes of Eden but also, too, that we sin and fall short of the glory of God. So good grades isn't good enough uh, to be justified, to be made right before God. You need a perfect score. And what we find out is what? What does it mean to be justified? Is that, is that nobody can be justified in their own effort. Which should then ask us the question, what? Is there any hope? How can we be made justified? Or is our identity simply that I cannot be fixed? Right? So how does one become justified or made right? Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteous of God. 
Christ bore my identity as a sinner on the cross so that I could be made right by receiving his identity as a righteous man um, by faith. Therefore, one is made right not in relying on my own righteousness or goodness or my own ability to justify myself, but by exercising, exercising faith in Christ, who is the perfect Adam, who did live out God's law perfectly, who died the sinner's death on the cross to pay for our debts so that we could, what, become right before God. Right? You see, that's what this passage, it's called the great exchange. Christ, um, you know, I, I say this copy and paste illustration. It's like if you had two Word documents on your computer and you were to type out everything that you ever did wrong and you were to have perfect knowledge of all the ways that not just that you told lies, but also that you didn't tell the truth. Uh, not just that you, uh, how you exhibited hate, um, but also how you didn't exhibit peace, right? It's, it's not just the Ten Commandments are the, are the floor, but there's also a ceiling, right? And that's why it says, love the Lord your God with all your wholesome soul, mind, and strength. Um, it's not just what I don't do, it's also, well, it's not just what I have done wrong, but also what I don't do right. If we were to have a document that were to say all the things that you've done wrong on one side, and then on the other side, it has all the things that Christ did right, the ways that he embodied um, his, uh, per, to do the perfect will of God. What the great exchange is, is that God takes your word file, and he hits, he hits select all, copy, and deletes it, and then puts it on Christ's uh, word file, and then takes Christ's perfect obedience on his word file, and not only is your, do you get a clean slate, but he copies Christ's perfect life, and he gives it to you, right? So that you can be what? Right standing before God. And you're given Christ's resume, you're given Christ's word document, and he takes uh, your inability to take the law. Does that make sense? That's, you know, illustrations have, don't, don't tell everything, but that's, that's kind of how I think about the great exchange, and how, what, what it means to be made right before God, it is not relying on our own word documents. It's that we look to Christ and what he has done and his resume. And we tr- not only trust in his work, but we also walk in light of our new identities as being justified, not by our own work, but by, by works of the law, right? Because if we, tr- if we think that we can be, then we'll be cursed, as it says in Galatians, but by... Um, faith in the work of Christ on our behalf. And then lastly, uh, which should lead us to the question, well, how do I know if that's me, right? How do I know that if I'm justified, how do I know that I've been made right because I actually feel really wrong often? Well, let's look at that. Um, uh, How does one know if they are justified or made right? Since we are justified by faith, then we must, not by our works, then we must ask the question, how do I know if I have faith or if I'm exercising a faith Exercising faith in a particular moment. A simple way to think about what it means to have faith and to find your identity in Christ's work and not your, and not your own is to recognize, renounce, and rely. Uh, recognize, renounce, and rely. Recognize that I am not right and that things are not right in this world, right? That, that uh, Paul had an awareness that there are people of God, Jews and Gentile <coughs> sinners, those who are not Jew, people of God, right? Um, it's, it's to recognize where you're at, that you are, in fact, a Gentile, that you were born outside of God's people, um, and that, that he invites you into his presence, and that you're not made right in your effort, uh, but by trust, that you're not Gentile sinners. And then 
Secondly, renounce and turn from the ways that I try to make things right by myself and by my own efforts, right? Not justified by the works of the law. And to rely on Christ's work on the cross on my behalf. And because of this work, I am justified before God and declared right before Him and treated as such. Um, that's what it means there, but through faith in Jesus, right? To recognize, renounce, and rely. How do I know if I'm just, justified? Have I recognized that I'm trying to lean on my own efforts to stand before God, to be justified before Him, to be made right? And have I seen the bankruptcy of that? Do I, do I renounce that? And I say, hey, I, this isn't working out for me. Uh, I can't build my life on my own resume. I can't stand before God with all my good deeds. It's not working out. And then do you rely perfectly and fully on Christ's work? Again, the Christian life is not about perfection. It's about direction. Is my, are my eyes fixed on Jesus and His work on my behalf? And, um, you know, Jerry Bridges in the book that I'm reading, and in many of his books, talks about um, this good day, bad day. Many of us have our view of answer this question based upon if it's a good day or a bad day. How do I know if I'm justified? Well, if it's a good day, if I've read my Bible, if I've been to church, if I've treated people fairly, then I know that I'm justified. And then you have this insecurity when you have a bad day, you know, maybe you, you, you're in some hidden sin that you're stuck and you can't get out of, um, or maybe you treat people unfairly, you gossip behind people's backs, you exhibit uh, character that is uh, not that of your Christ-likeness, and you wonder, oh, if I act this way, then am I justified? And the beautiful thing about trusting in, in Christ's work on your behalf, and that you are justifi- justified and made right, um, not in your own efforts, but by His effort, is that there's no such thing as a good day or bad day, is there? That every day is a good day. That, you're, that your faith in Christ isn't subjective based upon your behavior. Now, should you seek obedience and want to walk with Him? Yes, just as in human relationships, when you have a really good friend who loves you well, you want to please them. And, and, uh, and so on. In the same way, we should want to live uh, uh, and, and give ourselves to Christ, but, there aren't, but we won't always, on this side of heaven, have the ability to do that perfectly. And that's why we have to continually recognize, renounce, and rely on Christ. So that's how one is made right. Anybody have any questions about that? Those, those three questions? And then we'll get into some quick applications. Before we dive in. Okay, so, so the flower. So just what is a life that believes these things, that, that the seed of, of this has taken root in your life? What are, what are two things? Well, there's two foundations, right? And the first is this, identifying with what's right and not with what's wrong. We so often let what's wrong with us become our source of identity in place of what's right, right with us in Christ. We say things like, I'm fat, I'm stupid, I'm a sinner, I'm ugly, or whatever, instead of declaring, I'm loved, justified, seen, or a child of God. Jesus invites us to live a life from the reality that we are justified and that we are made right, not so that we can become justified or made right in our own efforts. Can you guys maybe identify with that a little bit? Do you guys ever identify with the negative? Right? Do you ever identify with what's wrong with you? I don't look this way. I'm not like this person. Um... I'm not this, I'm not that. I don't know, fill in the blank. I can relate to that. I often identify with what's wrong. But the reality is that we are made right in Christ, in His work. And by faith, we're seen as right standing before God. So it's, it's almost blasphemy to the work of Christ to focus on always what's wrong with you. And that our motivating factor for obedience, our motivating factor for loving others, shouldn't be to correct what's wrong with us, but it should be to, to walk in light of what Christ has declared is right with us. Right? 
That's, that's powerful. I was used to say in seminary, that'll preach, right? What does it look like for you to live and walk with Jesus in light of what's right with you, not with what's wrong with you? Are there things wrong with you on this side of heaven? Yes, of course. But that is not your core identity. Your core identity is that you are justified and that through the work of Christ, you were made right and you can live in that freedom. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. Um, And the second thing is this, identifying with Christ's work, not my own work. You know, so many of us, Christian or not, we want to stand before others, we want to stand before God with our own spiritual resumes. And um, uh, we want to rely on our own two feet, and we want to, we live and we relate to God with if-then statements, if I'm obedient, then I deserve this from you, right? We we bring in our... um, are stressors of work, you know, I must do this, I have to do this, into our relationship with God instead of resting in Christ's work on our behalf and walking freely in obedience to Him in light of that, right? Um, We all experience shame, anger, anxiety, worry, insecurity, fear, lack of clarity, and we will look towards our identity as a source to overcome those experiences, right? We will always uh, the question. We will always answer, "How am I made right?" With with the same answer, "Who am I?" Right? There's a partnership in those two things. There's a there's a relationship between identity and our justification or how we look to be justified. Uh, what it means to identify with Christ's work is that we quit trying to fix ourselves and others, and trust that we are declared fixed before God by Christ, and that Christ is making all things new. Um, I've said this to many of you before, uh, but uh, once you stop trying to fix people, you begin to do what? Enjoy them. Once you quit trying to fix yourselves and stand before God on your own righteous deeds, guess what you begin to do? You begin to enjoy God, and you begin to enjoy the person who He has made you to be. Again, should you fight sin in your life? Should you seek obedience? Should you never settle for mediocrity? Of course. But that's not the central motivator, right? We should be hard workers, but that's not the place that we find our rest. We find our rest, our assurance, our clarity, our hope in the fact that we are justified and we are right standing before God. And then, therefore, those experiences now become opportunities for me and you to walk by faith and recognize who I am in Jesus, renounce any ways that I'm trusting in my own work, and rely more fully on Christ's work on my behalf. So those are the two kind of central motivators that for those who identify with, I am justified in Christ, that we should also identify with what's right with us, and who God has made us, and how God has rescued us, and, and, and not the central motivating factor should not be what's wrong with us. And that's true of others as well. Once you start seeing what's wrong with others, you begin to enjoy them. You really do. And you begin to really challenge them and love them well and want, to, want what's best for them. And, and also, too, those who, who see themselves as justified, and that's, that's, a, that's an identity that you hold. Well, you're not justified by your own works, are you? And your own efforts. But you're justified in Christ's work on your behalf. And that will change drastically how you relate to God and how you relate to others. Because you'll relate to God and others with a, with a standpoint, a starting point of humility, not of pride um, and haughtiness, as, as, 
as for those of you who even know, use that word, know what that word means. So, okay, so let's. Uh, um, I'll pray for us. I'll wait to pray for us, but we'll uh, we'll break out into groups. Anybody have any quick questions before we break out into small groups? No. Okay, we'll come see me afterwards if you have personal questions, but um, but we'll break out in small groups and think through. Yeah, just. Uh, uh, in your groups, discuss what's your light bulb, what's your question mark, and what's your arrow, and we'll come back here in about, um, you know, five minutes or so and kind of talk about it as, in a large group. So go ahead.